It's Wednesday, October the 21st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, America's government sues Google and Brexit talks struggle. First, the world in brief. America's Justice Department filed a much-trailed lawsuit accusing Alphabet, Google's parent, of maintaining and abusing a monopoly in online search. It's the tech's first big antitrust case since the DOJ went up against Microsoft in 1998. President Donald Trump has criticised tech firms for their immense power, as well as for what he claims are efforts to stifle conservative voices. Michel Barnier, the EU's chief Brexit negotiator, and David Frost, his British counterpart, spoke for a second day to try to restart negotiations. Efforts to find a deal on Britain's future relationship with the EU founded on Friday, when Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, suspended talks and said a trade deal was unlikely. Mike Pompeo, America's Secretary of State, will host talks with Armenia and Azerbaijan in Washington on Friday. The talks are aimed at defusing the two countries' smouldering war over Nagorno-Karabakh a mostly ethnic Armenian enclave recognised internationally as part of Azerbaijan. It is not clear if the sides will meet together or separately with Mr Pompeo. Soldiers opened fire on demonstrators in Lagos, reportedly killing tens of people. Crowds have been gathering in Nigeria's commercial capital for weeks to protest against police brutality. The special anti-robbery squad, the allegedly corrupt and violent unit which was the original focus of their ire, was disbanded earlier this month. Even so, protesters want further police reforms. Goldman Sachs reportedly reached a deal with American prosecutors to settle its involvement in Malaysia's 1MDB scandal. The terms, to be announced this week, are expected to squeeze more than $2 billion from the investment bank and a guilty plea from one of its subsidiaries for facilitating embezzlement of the state-owned fund. Goldman proper will avoid criminal charges. UBS, a Swiss bank, reported profits of $2.1 billion in the third quarter of the year, almost twice as much as a year earlier. Strong trading revenues helped by frothy stock markets and lower-than-expected credit losses boosted the bank's results. It plans to return $2.5 billion to shareholders next year. And NASA scientists sounded hopeful that a probe sent to the Bennu asteroid 330 million kilometres away had managed to grab a handful of space rock. It confirmed OSIRIS-REx can begin its journey home with its sample, just the third time a chunk of asteroid has been delivered by a space vehicle. Unlike meteorites that strike Earth, it will be uncontaminated by atmospheric entry. And now, here's today's agenda. Better late than never. America's stimulus. The fits, starts and twists of the stimulus talks between Democrats and Republicans have now stretched into their third month. The previous effort, the CARES Act, channeled an enormous $2 trillion into the economy, including generous unemployment benefits, but expired at the beginning of August. America's poverty rate is estimated to have risen from 9.3% in June to 11.1% in September. Many households cannot afford food or housing. Nancy Pelosi, the Democratic House Speaker, has held out for an even larger relief package starting at $3 trillion, whereas the Republican-controlled Senate is pushing a much narrower package costing $500 billion. Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, has been leading negotiations with Ms Pelosi, and the odd couple are said to be close to a deal costing close to $2 trillion. 
Whether congressional Republicans will revolt against Mr Mnuchin's concessions is unclear. But if Mr Trump would like another stimulus package before election day, this is his last chance. Purple Dawn The fight for South Carolina's Senate seat Lindsey Graham has been busy. As chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, the Republican recently subpoenaed Twitter's boss to face a grilling, while shepherding Amy Coney Barrett's nomination to the Supreme Court. Tonight, he must debate with Jamie Harrison, a centrist black Democrat challenging him for his Senate seat in South Carolina. Mr Harrison leads Mr Graham in some polls, while trailing in others, an ominous sign for Republicans in the deeply conservative state. Money has poured into Mr Harrison's campaign from Democrats outside South Carolina eager to claim Mr Graham's scalp. For them, the one-time Trump critic now represents the utter Trumpification of his party. For Conservatives, his obsequious allegiance to the President is too recent for comfort. For Independents, breaking his unambiguous promise from 2016 not to confirm a Supreme Court judge in an election year makes him suspicious. He may keep his seat, but in South Carolina it shouldn't even be close. After the Horror A French Tribute to a Slain Teacher Five days after the beheading of Samuel Paty, a middle school history teacher in a school northwest of Paris, Emmanuel Macron, France's president, will today lead homage to the victim of what he called Islamist terrorism. At the Sorbonne University, a symbol of learning, the president will pay tribute to Mr Paty and all teachers. He will also reaffirm France's commitment to freedom of expression, which he deems under threat. Mr. Petit was murdered following threats he received for showing pupils caricatures of the Prophet Muhammad during a class on freedom of expression. The murder has strengthened the French government's resolve against signs of jihadism or Islamism, despite worries that this will stigmatise Muslims. The crackdown has already begun. Gerard Darmanon, the interior minister, says he will close a mosque on the edge of Paris, expel 231 citizens with dual nationality and shut down aid groups considered to be fronts for radical Islamism. Speed bump. 5G slow rollout. Ericsson and Verizon will offer a clue as to whether the hype over super-fast 5G phone networks is translating into real demand when they release quarterly earnings today. Ericsson, a Swedish supplier of 5G equipment, has benefited from the cold shoulder America and other Western countries are showing Huawei, its Chinese competitor. Verizon, America's second biggest telecoms provider, uses Ericsson technology in its developing 5G network. Verizon and its two main rivals, AT&T and T-Mobile, claim nationwide 5G coverage. But many Americans still lack these services, which in any case are usually an interim version of 5G, only marginally faster than the old 4G networks. It is not just speed freaks who are eager for quicker progress. Last week, Apple released the iPhone 12, its first 5G-enabled device, hoping it will entice customers to pony up the new kit. Apache network, often no faster than their existing service, might put them off. Off menu. The European Parliament votes on meat-free food. European parliamentarians will have their say today on the future of veggie burgers. Lawmakers are considering an amendment to the EU's common agricultural policy that would ban the use of descriptions such as burger and steak for plant-based meat alternatives. WAGs have suggested such mouth-watering labels as meat-free discs instead. 
The Legislature's Agricultural Committee and the Meat Industry both backed the amendment. Copacojaca, the trade body for Europe's farmers, called the rise of vegan sausages cultural hijacking that confuses consumers. But opponents say that banning commonly used terms would sow confusion where none currently exists and would undermine the EU's strategy of encouraging plant-based eating. France passed a similar law earlier this year, and in 2017 the European Court of Justice banned the use of milk and yoghurt for non-dairy products. That has not spoiled consumers' appetite for vegan options. Sales of plant-based products in Europe have increased by 73% over the past five years. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Samuel Taylor Coleridge, who was born on this day in 1772. Veracity does not consist in saying, but in the intention of communicating truth. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.